Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Marin Covenant Church. My name is Ben Kearns. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Wasn't that couch time super fun? That's like sweet golf claps. I know. I don't even know why I asked for a response, and it's always the minor rejection. But it is going to be kind of fun to uh, every week have these couch times that are going to help us kind of move through some spiritual formation. And then you guys are lucking out because that means a little bit of a shorter sermon uh, from me. So I'll make sure we do that um, well. Well, my kids are away at winter camp, which is awesome. They're they're high schoolers and they're gone at winter camp. And uh, it's such a great gift. Um, and, and they're old now, but I always think of like camp love and camp romances. And I started thinking about all the squirrely stuff that happens at camp and not to your kids or hopefully to my kids. Um, but then it got me thinking even again, all the way back to when my kid was in third grade. So now he's like, my, my son's 17, but back when he was in third grade, he was kind of an awkward little kid, right? He had glasses and gnarly teeth and we even tried Cub Scouts. So now you take an awkward kid doing Cub Scouts, um, it's super awkward for him, but he's, he's turned out okay. But at third grade, I got a, we got an, a letter from our school. I think it was third grade. And it said, basically, we're going to teach your kids sex education. It's happening. That's how, as a dad, I, I, I felt it. I'm sure they probably were just talking about body parts or whatever. But as a dad, I'm like, it's happening. Sex education for my kid. And, uh, and you're like, what am I going to do? And I, I don't even want to talk to my kid. And my kid looking at him, he's not ready to talk about sex. But he's going to go to the school, and they're going to tell him all the things. And I'm like, oh, this is just not going to go well. And so I'm a little panicked. But let's be really honest. My wife was really panicked. Because I'm just a man. At the end of the day, I'm like, oh, whatever, right? But I'm trying to be panicked. My wife, she was super panicked. She's like, we as parents need to be the first to help our kids understand. They need to hear from us first. The school should not be first to tell our kids about school. We should be. And, uh, and so she's like, all right, Ben, you need to talk to Noah about this. <laughs> He's a son. You know, I've done youth group forever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't shy away from this kind of stuff. I'm like, bring it on. So then I get like the 45 download, minute download from my wife. Like, hey, these are the important things for him to understand. The em- emotional intimacy, um, you know, to, to care and respect women, like the whole thing. I'm like, he's a Cub Scout in third grade. You know, like, what are I talking about? But as a husband, now I have two, ten- I have two you know, terrifying things happening. One, I have to have this weird, awkward conversation with my son. And two, I have to do it right by my wife, you know? And so, so we go and he's all, and I tell you, he's in his Cub Scout uniform. That's why it's so marked in my head. So he has like his little like, bear hat and his scarf and his teeth are all gnarly and we go and we get ice cream before we're going to go to a, a pack meeting or whatever and I chicken out um, and I don't say anything and so now here we are we're sitting outside the pack meeting and I'm like if I I'm going to be in trouble with my wife if I don't actually say something here so I'm like son I don't even know how it went all I know is I blacked out I blacked it out <laughs> but I do know this I start ask, I start telling him about sex and how emotional special it is and how to treat women and the whole, and he's like, uh. So then I'm like, oh, plan B. So I start talking about the mechanics of it, right? This is how it works. These are the parts. And all of a sudden he's interested now, right? And he starts, he starts asking follow-up questions. And I'm like, oh, I got this. Well, by the third follow-up question, I was so far down this road, like it was awful and awkward. And I finally looked at him, I go, hey, here's 10 bucks. If your mom asked, we had the conversation and everything <laughs> went well. And we went off to this thing. He probably never thought about it again. But I think about that because my poor son, he's third. He's in third grade. He's not sexually aware. He doesn't know what's going on. And me as, an, as, a, as this, what was like in my late 30s at the time with all these issues, with all this baggage, I'm trying to give him all of this information. And he was just an awkward third grader, would not 
ready for it, right? Even now, he's 17, still not ready for it. Even now, like at 47, my wife's like, you're still not ready for it, right? Because there's only so much information that we can bear. There's only so much learning that we can bear. I, I see this all the time with parents too, right? When, before your kids go off to high school, I mean, go off to college, they're trying to download all the information. Learn this, learn this, learn this. But an 18-year-old could care less. They don't mind going bankrupt. They don't mind not brushing their teeth. They don't mind getting car, you know, getting car accidents and tickets. They don't care. But we're trying to download. We're always trying to give away more information than the person who's listening is ready to hear it. And what's so interesting is Jesus has this encounter with his disciples that is just like that. He has so much he wants to tell them. His time with them is so limited. It's coming to the very end, like a day left. And Jesus has so much that he wants to tell them that they don't, they're not ready for it. And so Jesus um, has this really generous uh, statement that I want to take a look at this morning really briefly. So if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 16, and that's where we're going to find ourselves this morning. John chapter 16, because we're going through John. Even though during Lent we're going to do all these couch times, we're going to talk about spiritual formation, we are people who still come to the Word, we still worship, we do the spiritual discipline so that we continue to grow and to develop in our walk with Christ. And so we're just marching along uh, through John until we get to Easter. And so here we are, John chapter 16. This is part of the upper room discord, discourse, right? This is so when Jesus is talking with his disciples, it's the Last Supper, you know, he's been vague, doing parables, doing all these things. And finally, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you everything that I can tell you that you can handle. And some of his best teaching about um, love and serving one another. Je- Je- Jeff gave a great sermon last week about being a friend of God, right? All that is in this discourse. And you could just see Jesus is just getting just more and more ramped up. Like, I have so much to tell you, so much to tell you. And the disciples are like, uh... Where did Judas go, right? Okay, so here we are in chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus says this, I have so much more that I want to say to you. It's more than you can bear. And I just love that because I think of my son, I wanted to help him know all this incredible stuff about sex ed. And it was more than he could bear, right? You think about trying to help your kids and mature them, it's more they can bear. You think about the whole, when people like are super hopped up spiritually, like when you were a little kid or even you might have bumped into them in the store, they just have, they just unload the fire hose on you. Like it is more than I can bear. So this is Jesus. He's telling his disciples, I have so much more I want to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you um, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so Jesus is beginning to tell them, like, listen, I have so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot take it. This is a long dinner. You're done listening. We're done. But Jesus knew that he was about to go to the cross. And part of that work, right, was to go and to die on the cross for his atoning sacrifice to make access for every human being on planet earth to be able to enter into the presence of God, to be healed and forgiven for all time. Like, oh, Awesome, awesome work. There's this other thing that he did. The whole point of him going too was to also, so now it wasn't just Jesus as a man present on earth, but now there would be the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So now the presence of Christ would be available to every human being on planet earth. And we as followers of Christ who have the Holy Spirit indwelled in us now get to be people who live as Holy Spirit people, which means God graciously walks with us like parents walking with their stubborn kids through long suffering, trying to give us just as much as we can bear and maybe one more little step. And so the invitation that I want to talk through just a few more minutes this morning is how do we posture ourselves in a way to hear from the Holy Spirit? How do we posture ourselves in a way 
to really invite a little bit more, to bear just a little bit more, to not just be content with where we are today in our walk with God, but say, okay, Jesus, what is the next thing that you might have for us? So to get some help, I want to turn um, to Psalm 32, because I think the psalmist paints a great picture of what this could look like. And Psalm 32, verse 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So good. And then he says this, but do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and by bridle, or they will not come to you. And so I love it. The, the psalmist just says it. So this is the psalmist saying it, not me, but that this is the idea that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all the truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us, but we have the choice. Are we going to be like a stubborn mule or are we going to be people who are led by the tender, loving sight of Christ? Because here's the deal. God actually is going to get us from point A to point B. He will do the work. The trick is, what is our posture going to be? Are we going to be like these stubborn mules? Now, I know you may not know this about me, and Shelly gets all the street cred for being an equestrian. But Chloe, did you know that I was a horseman as well? I was. I was a horseman. I was part of Novato Horsemen. I did team penning. I owned a horse. I was a baller. I had a cowboy hat, belt buckle, wranglers, the whole thing. I wasn't very good at it, but I did it for a little bit. But one summer, I was a wrangler for, uh, for, this, um, for this camp and uh, out in Armstrong Woods in Guerneville. And what would happen is city folk like yourselves would want their kids to have an adventure. And so they would hire this company and you would take your kids and you would plop them on these horses and you would ride through Armstrong uh, Redwoods and have a big lunch. And then you would ride back and it'd be beautiful and great. And I was a wrangler. I was like setting up the horses and the tack. I was feeding the horses and cleaning up the poop. And, uh, and then in the end, I would sit in the back. I would ride the last horse and kind of walk, you know, go along the trail. Well, these horses are incredible because they have no sensitivity in their body at all. All these snotty Sydney kids, right, would sit on top of these horses and they would go like this with the horse. They'd pull them this way and they would kick them. And these horses were trained to not pay attention to the rider, right? Because if they paid attention to these little kids just pulling and pulling and kicking, these horses would buck them off and they'd get sued and that'd be the end of it. So these horses knew Whatever's happening in the world around me, I follow the person in front of me, the horse, and they just plod along, just like this, just like that. And what's so fascinating is they did that job well, but really their sensitivity to the rider has been lost. They could never be ridden in the same way that a normal horse, a thoroughbred, you know, or a racing horse would be raised because their sensitivity was all gone. And I think, gosh, isn't that like us? Aren't we like those horses who we kind of set up a path and then we just walk that path. It does not matter what nudging, doesn't matter what obstacles, doesn't matter what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. We're just like, I'm just going along, just going along and going along. And I love that Psalm says, don't be like the stubborn mule. Don't be like that. Because the truth is the Holy Spirit is going to get us to where he wants us to go. The Holy Spirit is going to pull and prod and keep adding increased pressure and increased pressure and increased pressure until finally we say, oh, we submit and have to get rebroken all over again. Don't be like the stubborn mule, right? Instead, we get to be um, guided by the loving eye, by the loving eye. I don't know if you've watched the best Christian show on television right now, um, Yellowstone. It's pretty incredible. It's really <laughs> super Christian. Um, but if you've watched it, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's these cowboys up in Montana. It makes me like I've been 
every time I watch a show, I'm on Zillow, like Bozeman, like maybe I want to move there. Um, my wife's like, yeah, we should do that. I'm like, we're in a little bit of a different class than those people. But if you watch that show, you see the way that those people actually ride horses. Like that's what horsemen look like. I mean, it's really hard to ride a horse. I'm not very good at it. You see those horsemen riding a horse and, uh, and, and they love these horses. These horses love them. They have this relationship with them that is just incredible. They just simply like can almost will a horse to go where they want them to go. The slightest pressure nudges the horse in the way they should go. The slightest pressure gets them to stop. It is just incredible to watch people who know how to ride horses, who love their horses and watch the horses react to their rider. It is a thing of beauty. And I think that's what God longs for us. He doesn't want us to be, excuse me, these stubborn mules. He wants to be this horse uh, where, where he gets to just love us and care for us and embrace us. And we're the kind of people that listen to his whispering and are willing to go wherever it is that he leads. Um, And so the trick is, how in the world do we posture ourselves? How do we get ourselves in a situation so that we can listen to the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit wants to give us all that we can handle. He wants us to be able to bear a lot, both for our own formation and care, but also he actually wants to use us for his kingdom and for the work that he longs for his people to do. And, and, but in order to do that, we have to be able to be postured in a way to hear from him, to be guided by his loving eye. So the question is, how in the world do we bear, um, do we bear more? So in Hebrews chapter five, it says this. Anyone who lives on milk, um, Anyone who lives on, being, being, on milk, excuse me, being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So funny, all these different illustrations in scripture, it's just about maturing. It's you're a kid one way, you live one way, and as you mature, you're ready for more maturing things. The trick is we have to make sure that we are still maturing. I love this picture, right, of, of, of this baby food meat. Have you guys had baby food meat? Do you remember being a baby? Remember your parents? It is disgusting. It's so gross. Look at that. It's a mealtime, meat time for baby. It is so gross. But that's what babies can eat. Babies can eat this tiny little bit of meat. It helps their stomach understand what's going on, and they eat it. And someday when they get to be grown men like Sean, they can barbecue ribs, and then they can be men, right? And there's a process that it happens That's what kids do, and naturally, because we're humans, we walk through this natural process. One of the things I love about our church is that we've said, hey, there is this natural process to formation, and the truth is we actually crush it when it comes to kids and students. You go down to children's ministry, what does a first grader need? What can a first grader bear when they're hearing from the Holy Spirit? Stacey and your team are like, this is what a first grader can bear and they do this incredible job. What does a fifth grader need? A fifth grader does not need what a first grader needs. They need something a little bit different. And so Shelly and Stacy work together to do something that's unique for fifth graders so they can bear the right amount. What do middle school and high schoolers need? Gosh, who knows anymore, right? But thankfully, right, we have Shelly and Ben. They know. Their team knows. And what's so great, I want to show you this picture. Your guys' generosity of the church made it so that 82 middle school and high schoolers and 12 adults got to go to camp for free. Your generosity, I know. And so our middle schooler and high schoolers right now are at camp getting what they need in a way that makes sense to them because there's only so much that they can bear and they're getting that. 
because of your generosity, which is so fun. And in fact, in front of you, um, you there should be these little, uh, little prayer cards. I'd encourage you to take these home. All of the small group leaders uh, wrote out a prayer for their small group. And I uh, would love for you to take these home. At the end of service, we're going to pray over them. But for you to be this week praying for that small group leader and that grouping of kids, oh, what an awesome ministry of the Holy Spirit to be doing that, to be partnered with that work as we're caring for middle school and high school kids. But here's the hard part. Middle, first graders, we know what to do. Fifth graders know what to do. Middle school and high schoolers know what to do. But now we're like in the adult realm. In, in the adult realm, we don't really get to tell each other, this is what you need. Up, oh, you're falling behind. You're immature. You're rebellious. We don't, we, and especially Marin, we're so civilized and so kind to each other. We would never say, Roger, what is your problem? Step it. I mean, I might say to you, Roger, but nobody else, only Roger, right? We would never do that. And so because in our culture, we would never call anybody out, and probably rightly so, because the church has abused that privilege. For, so, okay, that makes sense. But that means it's even more important for us as adults to be people who are open-handed towards Christ and say, okay, Christ, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what can I bear? What is going on in my heart? What is the work that you need to do in me and through me so that I can be your person? And that's kind of the work that you have to do. Now, I think our church does a good job of providing all these different little spaces, but my gentle invitation for you is for you just to do a quick little gut check and go, what kind of horse are you? Are you this rebellious mule? Is your heart calloused and cold? What's so fun is the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And the Holy Spirit has all the tools in his tool shed, in his toolbox, right? To, to do surgery on your heart, to get you in the right spot that you need to go. And so sometimes just acknowledging that you're a rebellious mule is just a great starting point. Maybe you're the kind of horse that just has never progressed. You've, where you are spiritually is where you've been for the last 10 years. Great. But maybe there's another thing. God's just like, oh, there's so much more that I want to tell you. There's so much more that I have for you, right? I, I love that. Like Anthony, right? What God's doing in your life now, way more important and bigger than what he's doing 10 years ago because you're working it out, right? We want to be people who keep working it out. So if you're, if you're in, a, in a stuck spot, then go, okay, God, what's this next thing? And if you're on like afterburners, you know, just crushing it, whatever, like John, that's great. You keep up the good work and pray for me, okay? So, but wherever you are, whatever horse you are that, as an adult, that's the job that we have to do. We have to own where we're at spiritually and come before Christ, recognizing he has so much more he wants to do. He has so much more. And we just have to simply open ourselves up to that invitation and say yes to wherever he leads. So I'm gonna invite the band element and offer us a, a prayer and then we'll continue on in our morning together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, so thankful for the way that you are so generous so long-suffering, so patient with us, with me, a rebellious mule. I just come before you recognizing that my heart's a little callous, my heart's a little tired, but my heart also recognizes that I do desperately want to go where you want to lead. In my mind, I totally get that there is so much more that you want to say but only so much that I can bear. And so I pray for me and I pray for my sisters and brothers in our church that we would be people who would be open and say, Lord, have your way with us. Mature us because we want all that you have to offer through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We want all of the forgiveness, all of the healing, all of the wisdom, 
all of the patience, all of the power so that we can be your agents, your co-laborers, people that bring good news and grace and mercy, bring the light of your son Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. Lord, we ask you to have your way with us, whether by the eyes or by the bit, have your ways with us. And as we continue to worship and we sing these songs and rehearse these truths, God, we pray that our affection would move towards you and whatever things that the Holy Spirit brings up in us, that we wouldn't just put those in our back pocket, but that we would lean in and do some work with you as we worship you. We love you, Lord. And all of God's kids said, amen and amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship together.